Courtney Matsoki from Azura Dream Travel, and this is Locali. In this episode, we're heading to a pristine alpine valley in northwestern Italy. Green rolling hills, meadows of wildflowers, waterfalls, the fresh fragrance of the mountains, and an abundance of clear streams, Benvenuti a Val Pellici, named after the Pellici, a river which runs through the region, Val Pellici is a peaceful paradise for nature lovers and for those who simply desire to experience untouched Italy. Here we make a stop at the base of the Alps at Borgata Melpertus, a medieval hamlet just east of the French border to speak with an award-winning blogger and renovator extraordinaire featured on House Hunters International, whose writing and passion have inspired many to finally take a leap and follow their dreams to create a simple life in Italy. So I would like to welcome Lisa Chiodo from Renovating Italy. Ciao, benvenuto. Ciao. Ciao, Courtney. Grazie for having me here. <laughs> so you are an inspiring lifestyle blogger, but all of this began out of a mutual passion that you and your husband shared for renovating and reselling homes where you're originally from in Australia. So how did this all begin? Well, we began renovating. We, we In Australia, we've done maybe about 15 houses in 12 years. We completely would uh, renovate while we were living in the houses and then resell. So we, we started out because we both had a, an interest in, in renovating. And I worked for a decorating firm, so I had access to you know very cheap uh, products. And Sam had a background renovating with his Italian family when he was growing up. And so that's that's how we sort of made our income by by doing this. Before it became fashionable to to flip houses, we were flipping houses. <laughs> you started it all, right? Yeah, so, well, we didn't know the word flipping when we were doing it. <laughs> you said you renovated 15 properties in mm -hmm. Australia. But how did it come to be that you started renovating in Italy? Well, we came to Italy. We've we've actually moved to Italy twice. So the first time we moved to Italy was when our children were one and three, and we stayed two years. And I can't, I, I can't really remember why. My husband just said to me, why don't we move to Italy? And I said, sure, why not? Because I thought he was joking. And I kind of thought, go along with it. You know, just go say yes, you know, don't go along with it and we'll see what happens. Never expecting that we would actually really do it, which we did. And then uh, we stayed two years and ended up going back to Australia because my grandmother was getting old and, and we just felt like it was time. Karina was ready to start school. So we left. We went back to Australia. The minute we really got back to Australia, we realized that we probably should have just come for a visit because we were <laughs> homesick. You know, we were oh. homesick. So we'd sold our house in Italy to, to go back to Australia And so we um, we were sort of stuck and we decided pretty much straight away after that to return to Italy. So we were renovating houses, selling houses. Um, we got a good amount of money. We, we were ready to move back to Italy with a, with a great, you know, amount behind us. And the market crashed and we pretty much lost everything. Yeah. Um, we couldn't sell the last house that we'd renovated for the amount that we had expected. Uh, we had to take a cut. We, we ended up returning to Italy with uh, a suitcase each 
And by this stage, our children were eight and ten, so we had a suitcase each and $20,000. And that was it. Wow. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> you know, and we, um, we had a house that my husband had come across and bought four or five years earlier, um, which we couldn't afford to renovate. So we actually ended up selling that one, buying the one that we're in now. We, uh, we Googled cheapest house in, in Piemonte. And this was it. For 8,000 euros, we bought this house. And, uh, and we've been here ever since. So it's kind of like the proverb, take a leap and the net will appear. Absolutely. I said the exact same thing to my husband because, you know, he was being, you know, being the, the provider, the man and everything. He was worried. And I said, if we wait... If we wait until we make enough money to come back to Italy in comfort, you know, the kids will be older, they'll be in high school, they won't want to leave their friends. Right, it gets more uh, difficult. Do, do you really want to wait three or four more years? Let's just go and we'll work it out when we get there. You know, we, we and we did, you know, my husband took, uh, took cash jobs. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> we, we won't say that. He, you know, he took cash. Uh, he took cash jobs. He, he made ends right. meet. You have to do what you have to do, for sure. And uh, we live very frugally to begin with. Right. And so now your current project, the house that you bought for 8,000 euros, correct? Yes. So 8,000 euros is, you've named Borgata Malpertus. No, so, no, that, no, no, that's the... It's uh, the name of the hamlet. That's the name of the hamlet. Okay, <laughs> okay, so, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so, Borgata is a, just another word for hamlet. So, it's a hamlet with, uh, there's 10 adults living here and six children, including oh, okay. us. A Borgata is really a family group of properties that are all connected so the family would have just built and and built and built and built and extended the properties as they grew our borgata is quite a large one um it's very old it's uh dates back to the late 1500s and it's still completely traditional so it's it's very rural the people here have cows and goats and chickens and you know it's 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 like we've stepped back in time. And it's beautiful. All stone. Beautiful stone. Yes. So you live there, but you also have a rental property that yes. you 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 hope that people will come, travelers will come to experience Val Pellici. And I've discussed Airbnbs kind of in another episode. On one hand, it's a great platform for property owners to list their business and for travelers to find properties all over the world uh, to rent and hopefully have a local experience, but that's not always the case. Um, for this reason, on the other hand, as many property owners don't live in the country, um, I kind of discussed the lack of quality control can prevent the experience that people mm. hoped that they would have. But I love the way that you use Airbnb because your property is listed on the platform, but you are right there. So if anyone has an issue, you know, they can just knock and say, hello. <laughs> hey, we have a problem with the water or, um, hey, what should we do today in the area? You're right there yeah. to help everyone. And so this is, my, in my opinion, kind of the way that Airbnb was originally meant to be used. I think when travelers are booking, it's something that they need to pay attention to. And I was hoping to get your opinion on this. 
a hundred percent. I a hundred percent agree with you because we ourselves have used Airbnb and stayed in different in different um, places, and it's been so impersonal. It's mm. really you know like there's a a lockbox. You get a key, you come in, you go. You don't see anyone. You don't know anyone. You get a, a book, maybe a good book, a bad book, a few brochures, and you're just left to yourself, really. And I, I really get annoyed that this is the direction that it's heading because right. it's that impersonal. And I really love the idea of Airbnb where you do go and you stay with the host, you stay with the family, you connect with the family. You know, we've we um, we actually invite all our guests in for dinner with us. And so, I mean, not with COVID, obviously, but everybody has come in and we've had right. dinner with people from from Berlin and from Switzerland and from America, from England, all over the world. They've come in and sat with us at our table and eaten with us and they've loved that. You know, and we, we've taken a few for day trips to France. We've, we've just sort of adopted them. <laughs> If they want that, if they don't right. want that. But most people that come here do want that. They want to be introduced to the locals and they're too nervous to do that themselves. You know, exactly. we've taken them to village dinners with, with all the locals. We took another guest of ours uh, up to the mountains. We got invited in for lunch by friends of ours and she's from New York. And she said it was the most memorable experience she had on her whole trip where she didn't understand a word of what anyone was saying. <laughs> uh, but she just felt like she'd walked into something that she would never have seen otherwise. Right. Because, you know, I always say it's the, the challenges and the, you know, spending time with people who are local to that area that really make the trip for you. You know, you kind of get out of your comfort zone a little bit, but that's the way that we learn kind of the local culture is just by kind of going off the beaten path and making these local connections like with you guys. Um, and then you you know people that you can connect them with, um, connect travelers to. It's a win-win situation. When is the best time to, to visit Val Pelici? Well, I love springtime because in springtime, the mountains are covered with wildflowers, all the baby animals. It's, it's just beautiful. Spring, really, right? Spring, summer, autumn, they're all beautiful. Winter is difficult, but people do come and stay with us in winter. But we do get quite a bit of snow. Yeah, I even saw um, the your Facebook page. You had some snow just recently in June. Mm, unseasonal snow, which has, of course, <laughs> upset all the locals because all of their crops are, are affected. But yeah, it's it's quite beautiful. It's spectacular, beautiful in every season. Uh, yeah, I, that area is absolutely gorgeous. And so you were just mentioning that you can take travelers over the French border if they if that's something that they would like. Yeah, you can and actually walk there from here. Right. You can walk to France from our, our house. <laughs> so we were just talking about how um, your husband, did you say that he yeah. had walked across? He or? has. He okay. has. <laughs> yeah. We, we, you can climb to a higher valley than ours which is where the locals take all their animals for the summer. And then you hike from there up over the Alps down into the first French village, which my husband has done. I haven't done that, but uh, one day I hope to. Oh, that's that would be an absolutely incredible experience. There's so much to do for nature lovers in your area. Talking about location, and as we just mentioned, you're, just, you're located just east of the French border um, and about an hour... Would I would you say an hour southwest of Turin? 
Yeah, yeah. It's only an hour into Turin. We go there quite often. So for new and experienced travelers, how easy is it to access your property or this area? It's really easy. So most people come in through Turin. Uh, You can get a train from Turin to our closest biggish town, which is Pinerolo, and we we do pickups and drop-offs, or people have their own cars, so they usually drive, you know, they drive and we meet them when they arrive. Actually, we've just got guests that have just arrived today. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, you were just telling me about that. That's that's so cool. Um, I'm glad that travel is picking up right now for everyone. We, it seems. we haven't really dropped off with travel too much because uh, we're so close to Turin. So we're getting a lot of Italian people coming for an escape, you know, weekend escapes from the city. Oh, yes, of course, because you guys have all of the beautiful, just it's the the true Italian countryside. So now let's kind of turn to your award-winning blog, Renovating Italy. I love reading it because it's such beautiful, light, personable reading. It kind of makes you dream. Your move and experience, and maybe could I say the happiness that you and your family have found in Italy, have inspired you to share this passion with others. How has this experience changed you as a family? Well, it's really made us appreciate everything that we have because we do live a very simple life. You know, we are um, self-sufficient to a, a great degree. Um, my, our daughter is now 19. She's been here more than pretty much half her life and so is her son. And she's so Italian now. She, she came with us. We went to Australia last year and she said, I like Australia, but Italy's home now. Um, right. So she's she's totally immersed. She's got a boyfriend. She's happy. She's here forever. <laughs> Our son, he's good. He's um, he has uh, high functioning autism. So when we moved, I was concerned that that would be a, an issue, you know, with schooling, language, and so on. But the Italians have just uh, embraced him so wholeheartedly, and and he's done really well. So uh, as a family, it's changed us in a lot of ways. Before in Australia, we were very commercial. Our life was commercial. We were in shopping se- I was in shopping centres all the time. Um, my husband worked, you know, constantly. <laughs> and we just hardly ever saw each other. So, so now we're here. We're, we're together. We, we have to make it or break it as a family. Right. And what is life like in Val Pellici raising a family? It's very simple. It's very community-based. And I would say our children and, and all the children in the valley can't get up to any mischief because <laughs> everyone knows each other. knows everybody. <laughs> if your kids do anything that they shouldn't be doing, you hear about it. It's it's really funny, and the, so the village raises yes, the child, right? Yes, and I feel secure knowing that you know, like our, our son. One time, he was on the bus, and he he actually fell asleep on the bus, and the bus started to return back to the to the city with him on it. And then, when they realised that he was on the bus, when he woke up, the bus driver stopped the bus and he radioed to the bus coming the other way. And he waited for the bus, and he made sure that our son got on the other bus safely and returned. And he let us know. You know, it's like that. It's 
It's very much community-based. When we were living in southern Italy, um, in Monte Chiaro, it's a little uh, village um, in Vico Equense, close to, well, along the Amalfi Coast. And our neighbor, um, they knew everyone in the village, of course. And like you said, no one could get away with anything. They knew the families, the family of the family, <laughs> the friends of yeah. the family. And they had been living there for generations. The home that they were living in was owned by their parents, then, uh, the you know, grandparents, great-grandparents. So it had been passed down. So, you know, people kind of grow up um, mm. just knowing everyone. And a lot of people stay in that area. And it's really such a nice way also, like you were saying, to raise children because you really feel that community around you. Yeah, and it's been lovely watching the local children growing up and getting to know them and seeing them grow up and, you know, getting boyfriends and going off to college. It's been really good. I've been reading this really great book by Brene Brown. Have you heard of her before? Yes, yes, I've heard of her. The book is called Rising Strong. It discusses the importance of curiosity and how our future literally depends on being curious, although that also kind of reminds me of the proverb, curiosity, kill the cat. Um, but curiosity is uncomfortable. You know, it challenges us. It makes us vulnerable. And she says that embracing all of this will create, quote, people who don't stay down after they, after they fall or are tripped. They are often hard to control, which is the best kind of dangerous. They're the artists, innovators, and change makers, unquote. So I love this because it's exactly how traveling authentically has changed me personally. And it kind of seems that it's evoked something in you as well. Those of us who have been deeply changed by our authentic travel experiences, have come back to innovate, to educate, to inspire, to share things with others. It has inspired creativity. And I love on your website, it made me think of you because you say that you inspire creatives to design their own Italian life, to kind of create their own Italian love story out of maybe some of the mistakes that you've made along the way you know, <laughs> the challenges that you've had to overcome as a family. So how does it work? If I go to your website and I want to move to Italy, I want to start, or I've found a property, I want to renovate. How does this work? Can anyone do it? Anyone can do it. I absolutely believe that. I'm so passionate about that. And I see people saying, oh, we're going to wait until we retire. And I think, no, don't wait. Don't wait till you retire. Who knows what's going to happen in between now and exactly. then. Exactly. You know? I say the same thing. <laughs> just, just do it, really. Just take the leap and, and um, you know, of course, do your research. But it's possible. It's possible if you come with the right mindset. And um, I think within the, within the starting the blog with Renovating Italy, and then I started a group because I wanted to help other people who were renovating. And I, and I love connecting people. I love networking. And I love um, making sure that people can find the right information. So I started uh, a group on Facebook called Renovating Italy, the group, and there's about 5,000 people in there now. And so uh, just recently, uh, a month ago, I've started up a membership. It's brand new. It's like, it's, it's really, really, really basic, but we're starting and just want to encourage people to reach out and, and uh, if they have questions, reach out. You know, we're very approachable and I have such a big network in Italy of people that I can connect 
you with. That is true. That is true. You seem to know everyone. I've been talking to you over the past month, <laughs> and I've so appreciated all of your help and guidance as well. So if I get a membership, what does what would that include? Well, the membership at the moment, we're having a monthly guest expert. So we just recently had a, a fantastic chap on called Daniel Shilito, and he's really uh, a great resource for finances, mortgages, anything to do with uh, with financial things in Italy. And we're going to be doing a coffee club because oh, cool. I thought we could do a, a fortnightly coffee club where we all get on and we can network, talk, help each other. It's really um, evolving. So it's it's open to uh, suggestions. And we have a, a, you know, a member's portal. We have a private member group. And uh, we've, we've said it really, really, um, really, really low priced. So we just want everyone to come on and get it going. And so, yeah, all of our experience we'll be sharing. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Now, at Azuro Dream Travel, our focus is our focus is creating a connection to locals and local experiences, which I've talked about earlier, and of course, promoting slow travel. So you have definitely experienced this firsthand. And how do you think travelers gain a more authentic experience by supporting local businesses and embracing slow travel, a more sustainable type of travel? You, you really find the heart of Italy. You, you don't get that. In any other way, I mean, I traveled through Italy in my 20s as a backpacker on my own. And I found that when I finally, when I met my husband and we traveled together and he was able to introduce me to places and people that I wouldn't have met because I didn't speak the language, it was like there was a whole secret hidden Italy that I never found on my own. Because once you speak the language or you're with someone that speaks the language or you're with someone that knows the locals, you, you get that much deeper experience. You really get the heart of it. Right. And these are the experiences that we come home with and yes. the memories and we ne we don't forget them. These are the stories that we tell our kids, um, boyfriends, wives, husbands, you know, girlfriends over many generations. These are the things that we just don't forget. So I'm a big quote person, and I always think uh, about quotes, um, inspiring quotes, I think, really help to guide me in life and business. And I always think of the Paolo Coelho quote, when you want something, all the universe conspires in helping you to achieve it. Do you think this is true for you? Absolutely. 100%. Even through obstacles, through <laughs> traumas and uh, trials and tribulations, we've just kept moving forward. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we kind of don't have a choice, right? Um, mm. And uh, it's amazing and inspiring that you are using um, all of your experiences to help other people. So I just want to thank you so much for being here with me today. Um, thank you to Lisa Kyoto of Renovating Italy. And for more information on Renovating Italy and designing your Italian life, photos from the interview and an incredible video of the views from Borgata Malpertus, like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Azuro Dream Travel or visit us at azurodreamtravel.com. So Wanderlusters, Azuro Dream Travel can plan your sustainable dream trip to Italy by connecting you to small local businesses. Let us help you create your own Italian love story. 